Coming up today on Simple Faith. No matter if we're in fearful situations, no matter where we are, Jesus said, he said this, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Do we believe that? Do we believe what God has said, what our good shepherd has said? We too can overcome in Christ Jesus. Thanks for joining us for Simple Faith with Pastor Bill Henry. On today's program, Pastor Bill is going to continue his new series focusing on the 23rd Psalm. These verses have been memorized and recited by millions of people for two millenniums, and Psalm 23 is truly a beautiful, poetic expression of God's protective love for his children. And we're looking at verse 2 today, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Now, you and I are probably not going to go out looking for a pasture to lie down in, but this verse has important relevance for us. So let's join Pastor Bill now in Psalm 23, verse 2. Our peace can't be stolen as Christians. You see, when we take our eyes off of the world, when we take our eyes off of the devil, when we take our eyes off of the flesh, and we take our eyes off of the things that we fear and put them back where they're supposed to be upon our good shepherd, guess what happens? Our fears start to disappear. Not that they're not there still, not that the dangers aren't there, but guess what? Yeah, he's here, my big brother, my shepherd. You know, it's like when you come up and, and you know, some kids are, are, I remember one time being in a place and this one guy was a big guy, like this big, this wide, and he was giving another friend of mine a really hard time, and I came up and I'm like, leave my friend alone. You know, and so all of a sudden this guy kind of looks at me, and all of a sudden he kind of backs off. You know, and then he walks away, and I'm like, that's right, buddy, that's right. And then I look behind me, and another, a mutual friend of ours who's like even that big and that tall had walked up behind me. So it wasn't me he was afraid of. And that's, the, you know what, guys and gals, that's it. The Lord is on our side. And if he be for us, who can be against us? But we need to keep our eyes on the Lord. We need to realize that he never leaves us nor forsakes us. That's our shepherd. He doesn't say, hey, Bill, uh, it's break time. I'll, I'll see you in a little bit. Hope you'll be okay for a while without me. But that's how we act, isn't it? Bad times come, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, Lord, where are you? Bill, I'm right here. Yeah, but where are you, Lord? I'm right here, Bill. Where are you? You know, I'm right here, Bill. I promised you I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. Get your eyes back on me. You know, it's interesting. I love thinking about the apostles. And, and do you remember the one time that Jesus said, hey, you know, he's getting into the boat with them and said, hey, let's go to the other side, Okay. And so as they're going to the other side and they're rowing, it's in the night and the storm comes up and, and Jesus is sleeping in the back of the boat and the waves are getting heavy and they're starting to crash and they're starting to flood the boat and they come and they wake Jesus up and they say, Jesus, man, don't you even care? We're going to perish. And he gets up and he rebukes the wind and, you know, the st storm and they, they freak out. Who is this guy that can even rebuke the wind? And, and then he rebukes them. Hey, where's your faith? I didn't say, we're, let's go out in the middle and sink. I said, let's go to the other side. Then there's another time 
when, you know, Jesus said, said, hey, you guys get in the boat and you go to the other side. I'll meet you there. And, and it says, I think they rode for like four or five miles. Same kind of thing. A storm comes up. They're getting afraid and they're, you know, oh, they're getting tired. And, and, and the darkness is all around them. And all of a sudden they see off in the distance kind of a glow, kind of a, you know, somebody walking on the water and they start to freak out. And by the way, if anybody here says you wouldn't freak out, I don't, I don't believe you. I would be like, whoa, what's going on, dude? And then Jesus is like, hey, relax, guys, it's me. And they're all like, well, if you're the Lord, Peter says, then tell me to come out and walk out to you. All right, Pete, come on out. Walk over to me, right? And so Peter gets out of the boat, and the, the waves are still crashing. The storm is still there. Everything's going on. But he's looking at Jesus, and he starts to walk on the water. He's walking above his fears. He's walking over his fears. And all of a sudden, what happens? He starts to look around him again. He gets his eyes back on the things that are scaring him. And he starts to sink. And he cries out, Lord, save me. I like how the Lord just doesn't go, you know, I'm going to teach you a lesson, Pete. I'm going to let you sink for a little bit. And no, he reaches right out here. Come here. Come here, buddy. What's going on? But fast forward now. Fast forward, and this is what I love, how we can all learn, guys and gals, that we're never too old, we're never too young. Later on, Jesus has been, you know, killed on the cross. He's risen from the dead. He's, you know, ascended into heaven. And, and, and all of a sudden, we see that James has been killed, John's brother. And, and, and Herod is so excited about this that he takes Peter into custody. Well, he's going to be the next one we're going to kill. So here's Peter in the midst of a storm again. It's in the middle of the night, right? And the angel comes to get Peter out of prison. But you know what Peter's doing now? He's sleeping. He's resting. He's resting in his Jesus. He has to wake him up. They have to hit him and wake him up. And even then, he thinks he's dreaming. They bring him through the doors. They take him outside. It's like, poof, they disappear. And he realizes, hey, this isn't a dream. But you see, you see the difference now. You see the difference. It's the same thing that happened with Paul and Silas as they've been arrested, they've been beaten. And it's 12 o'clock midnight. They're in prison with all these other prisoners. And what do they start doing? They start singing praises to the Lord. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. And it's like, we don't know what they were singing. It could have been that. We don't think so. But here's my point. The others in the, in, the, in the prison, it didn't see, you know, what would you normally do if you're tired, you're in prison, you're, you're probably on not of the best sort if you are in prison? Hey, quiet or I'm going to kill you. I'm trying to sleep over here. No, it says the pris- other prisoners were listening to, him, to them. You see, guys and gals, no matter if we're in fearful situations, no matter where we are, Jesus said, he said this, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Do we believe that? Do we believe what God has said, what our good shepherd has said? We too can overcome in Christ Jesus. You see, that's what happens. That that one shepherd that I'm talking about that was a real shepherd and a commentator, he also said this, that nothing calmed the sheep from the fears of the enemy as much as his presence. When he would go and stand in the midst of the sheep, whether it be day or night, he could see them calm down. 
You know, and here's the, he, this guy, he had, you know, he'd carry a rifle and flashlight and different things. You know, he was prepared to protect his sheep. And they felt that. They knew that. Jesus said, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He will never leave us nor forsake us. What can separate us from the love of Christ? Can anything separate us from the love of Christ? I love how Paul said, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ah, thanks, Lord, I can sleep tonight. Thank you, Lord, I can have peace, even in the midst of this trial, even if somebody's looking to kill me or do me harm. Somebody's talking behind my back. Somebody's putting me down. Lord, I have peace in you. You got my back. How my reputation might be gone because I've been lied about. This might, you know what, Lord, you are my good shepherd. Guys and gals, remember that find the peace in the divine presence of God of Jesus Christ, that he is always with us. From him all darkness flees, and in him we are overcomers. So first of all, our our shepherd helps us to take in the rest as he takes on our enemies. Secondly, to be safe from the attack of other sheep. I found this so trippy. He said one of the things that drove the, the sheep nuts a lot was that it was usually these older sheep... And they would go around and they would, you know, let's say there was a sheep, a younger sheep that was kind of settled in. They'd go, they'd butt that, that sheep out of there. I want that thing. Or if other sheep were over here eating, the bigger sheep would come over and butt that sheep. I'm going to eat that, even though there's plenty to eat all around. And it was that butting amongst themselves. You know, guys and gals, I've, have a, I've had a brother who was murdered. I've had a father who died from a stroke, a mentor who died from brain cancer, and the only hurt that comes close to those losses is when I've been hurt by sheep within the church. Trippiest thing in the world. I can be on the street witnessing and somebody can call me all kinds of names. I've been fired from jobs, lost a job because of my faith. Doesn't hurt anything like other sheep can hurt. And some of you here can say amen to that. But you know what? It was interesting because, again, if you look at any animal group, there's always what's called, I mean, and chickens have it too, it's called the pecking order. That's where we got that that from, is you go look and watch chickens, there's always the pecking order. Who's the, and it's always the stronger, you know, against the weaker. And we have to be careful with that, even here within our fellowship, guys and gals. As Christians, we need to be careful especially when we get older, because we can kind of become a little more boisterous, if you will, almost more self-righteous, if you will. And we begin, it's easy to become bullies. It's easy to look at others and say, you're not as holy as I am. You know, look at that. Look at the way you're doing your hair. That's just not godly. You know, look at the way that, you know, that car you're driving. Oh, that's just not right. And we start to bully others around us. Hey, you're sitting in my seat. This is our row. Yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about, too. This is where you sit. This is our, you know, might as well put a plaque right there. This is my seat. 
I don't mind people sitting in the same place, but I remember a couple years ago, somebody came up and said, hey, I I sat in this one place, and somebody came up, and they really gave me a dirty look because I I could tell I was sitting where they normally sat. Don't give people dirty looks, guys and gals. Say, hello, I'm Bill. I'm, I'm Mary. Hi, how are you? You're sitting in my seat. Get out. That's how you handle it. That's, you just be right out there. No dirty looks, though, okay? <laughs> sit next to them. Introduce yourself. Go sit somewhere you've never sat before. Say hello to people. But you see, guys and gals, as we grow in Christ, it shouldn't that we become more and more, you know, staunch and heady and howdy-minded. Do you know who I am? I've been walking with the Lord for many, many years. You need to treat me with great respect. So I'll go into my Scottish brogue. Talk a little more. You know, I don't know. I'm going to lose it. But you see, the more we grow in Christ, the more humble we should become. And the less judgmental of other Christians we should become. I'm not talking about sin, guys and gals. I'm talking about just being judgmental because God's very specific about another man's servant. And nobody here, you know, is your servant specifically. We serve the Lord. But we should be serving one another. And it should be with humility. Not bullying people. You know, it's sad. Uh, Some of you might have heard just a week and a half ago there was a pastor back east that, you know, a pastor that I kind of looked up to. And he just got fired from his church because he basically was bullying his staff, being very mean to them. And, and Mark Driscoll up north in Seattle, same kind of thing a few years ago. You know, same thing, berating his, his staff and doing different things. Man, that's, that's just wickedness. I've been praying for the church that God let, is being left behind because, man, there's people that are in the ministry and say, this is the ministry? Hey, I'm not perfect as a pastor. You can ask anybody. But I'm telling you what, my heart is to be perfect. My heart is to be Christ-like. And guys and gals, we, we need to be careful because we might think, you might think you're more spiritual than others here. Maybe some of you are, think you're more spiritual, that your way of doing things is so much better than anyone else's, you know, especially even maybe the leadership here. You know, and perhaps you're right. Maybe you are more spiritual than any, everybody else here. But, but maybe, here's the other thing, maybe it's just time for you to move on. There's only two things you can do, either move on or repent. If you think you're so much more spiritual than everybody else, move on or repent. Because we're all sinners here, saved by God's grace. All of us. And the more that I walk with Jesus, the more I closer get to him, the more I realize, Lord, man, your grace is so awesome. Because I am such a wretch. Dude, I can't even think of all the sins. Lord, my heart is so even still, the, the, the fleshly heart is so still deceptively wicked. It tells me how good I am. Oh, you're so good, Bill. Thank you, Bill. I know I am pretty good. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you may also love one another. Guys and gals, that is who we're to be as Christians, marked by our love, one for another, not fearing one another, you know, So those are the first two points, you know, the the enemy without, the enemy within, if you will. And, you know, the the third thing is to be safe from insects, flies, ticks um, that drive them mad with distractions. I thought this was quite interesting. You see, part of the shepherd's duty 
um, especially apparently during the summer, he was to make sure that the sheep were taken care of in this way. Today, it means that they would actually have their sheep dipped to get rid of ticks and other kind of parasites that might be on them. Back then, it's interesting, a lot of times they would anoint their sheep with oil. If they had wounds, they'd put oil on it. You know, the oil would keep the flies away, you know, certain things they would do. And so that's what the, 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 the shepherd would do, would be anoint them, take care of them, to get rid of these distractions. And again, think about the spiritual application. This is awesome. I mean, anybody here have any distractions in your day-to-day lives? I mean, sometimes it can be maddening. A lot of little things can get to us and annoy us and, and, and just drive us nuts. You have an amen? amen? Dude, a bad driver on the way to church, on the way home from church, on the way to work, on the way to school, on the way to the store. Perhaps it's someone at work or school that's having a bad day and they take it out on you. Perhaps it's your kids. They're just a little bit more rambunctious than normal. Maybe your husband or wife wakes up in a funky mood, a grumpy mood. Those are always fun. How about you're hangry? Anybody here ever get hangry? I get hangry sometimes. You're so hungry, and all of a sudden you just kind of start, need to eat, need to, you know, get, you know, this. And everything starts bugging you. But, you know, again, may those be the times that we come to the Lord and say, Lord, I got to admit, Lord, I got to confess, these things are really bugging me. Please help me. You know, sometimes it's something as simple as your telephone. You know, I, sometimes I, I'll, if I forget, I'll put my phone in my pocket when I'm having my time with the Lord, and it never fails. I'm getting texted, or I'm getting called, or, you know, messaged, or something. And so I just, nope, you're not coming with me. Get away. Because those things are like the little flies or things that distract, and sometimes they're things that we can do. But again, guys and gals, we need to wait upon the Lord. Take some time to allow your good shepherd to anoint you with oil, the oil of the Holy Spirit. So that as he fills us, those things don't quite bother us. Somebody cuts us off, we're like, we start to pray for them. Somebody wakes up grumpy, it's like we pray for them. Hey, how can I minister? You seem a little grumpy. Is everything Okay. You don't say it in a jerky way, by the way. Boy, you sure are grumpy. What can I do for you? But instead, we come to the Lord. Lord, help me, man. These things are driving me nuts. Fill me, Lord. Wash me, Lord. Cleanse me. Anoint me afresh with your Holy Spirit. And receive that by faith. Receive it by faith. So first of all, to feel safe from enemies. Secondly, to feel safe from the attack of other sheep. Third, to feel safe from the attack of flies, mad with distractions. And lastly, to be well fed so that they can rest. You maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Causes us. And again, notice the pastures are green. Notice that the pastures are green and tender and full of grass and food. Now it's interesting because the last thing that this shepherd pointed out that as they rest, when, she, when sheep rest, that means they're full of food, and that means they're, they're going to produce more sheep. They're going to produce more milk. You know, it's interesting. He, he said this other thing, just kind of a side note. I have to share this. So interesting. Because part of what he's saying here is when we're resting in the Lord, when we're growing and feeding in the Lord upon his word by his spirit, 
that there'll be more milk flowing from us, more honey, if you will. Remember when Jesus said, I'm going to bring you Israelites into a land of flowing with what? Milk and honey. Now, for me, I just thought, dude, what does that mean? Or is there going to be a milk truck going around? You know, I remember a kid, there's a milk truck or there's honey just flowing off the things. No, again, a shepherd would have thought, well, that means these people are going to be well-fed. They're going to have green pastures, and they're, they're, it's all of a sudden the milk is going to be flowing from the cattle, from the sheep, from the goats. And the, the, the bees, because there's all this foliage and, and grass and flowers, they're going to be just dripping with honey. And you see, guys and gals, what a great picture of our lives, how they're supposed to be as Christians. Jesus just doesn't give us life. He gives us life more abundantly. He just doesn't give us some of his Holy Spirit. He gives us torrents, rivers of Holy Spirit power in our lives. You know, back in the shepherd's day, it took a lot of work to, to, to make a green pasture. You know, they'd have to clear fields of bad bushes and plants. They'd have to move away rocks from the soil. They would even irrigate, uh, uh, irrigate the land to help the good grass grow. And think about that. So too does our shepherd. He clears entire fields of our hearts from our sinfulness and our shame and our despair. As we're forgiven in Christ, he then cleanses us with his precious blood, causing us to be born again of the Spirit of God. And then he tends the soil of our hearts. He turns them from stone, hearts of stone, into hearts of flesh. We see a glimpse of this in Ezekiel 36, 24. I will take you from a nation among the nations. He's specifically talking to Israel. But what a beautiful picture of what he does in the believer's life. And bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle you clean or sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all filthiness and from your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. You see, beloved in Christ, just as Jesus told the parable of the sowers, the sower and the seeds. I think it should really be called the seed and the soil parable. You see, because we need to keep our hearts, just that our soil in our hearts, just ready to receive the food that God gives us. Ready to receive the word of God, the meat of the word of God, so that we might be growing and that we might be living, thriving as Christians. And, and notice the earthly shepherd would, you know, irrigate the land. So too does the Lord irrigate our hearts with this Holy Spirit when we allow him. When we seek him. When we put off those other distractions. And also, lastly, to be feasting upon the word of God. Feasting upon God's word. You know, I know there's many people here that aren't reading their Bibles every day. I'll be real honest with you. I don't know how you do it. I'm just being real. Man, if, I, if I'm sick or something and, and I can't read my Bible, let's say, that day, the next day I am parched. I'm like, Lord, I, I'm starving spiritually. I just can't wait to get back. And, oh, I'm so excited to see. Oh, Lord, thank you for your word. And he grows me and he changes me. He cleanses me. And, and, and beloved in Christ, he helps me to lay down in the green pastures of his word. 
Too many of us, again, we're, we're off feeding in the brown parchment of the world. Never reading our Bibles. Maybe you come on Sunday. Maybe you play Bible roulette. Not reading systematically every day through the Word of God and applying it in our lives. So then you're feeding on the parchness of the world. You're out there again in the brown, in the dirt. And you're wondering, why isn't my Christianity growing? Why isn't my faith? Why is Pastor Bill so on fire? Is he just a weird guy? Well, that too. I receive that. If you see anything good in me, it is Jesus Christ. If you see any growth in me, it is Jesus Christ. Any blessing in my life, it is Jesus Christ. It's not me. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, may you take time to allow him to make you lay down in his green pastures. Thank you so much for joining us for Simple Faith with Pastor Bill Henry from Simple Faith Calvary Chapel in Vancouver, Washington. Now, if you were blessed by today's message from the 23rd Psalm, you can go to our website and watch the video or download an audio MP3. And we have a large number of Pastor Bill's messages archived there. You can find them all at simplefaith.org. That's simplefaith.org. And if you'd like to contact us via the U.S. mail, our mailing address is Post Office Box 55, Battleground, Washington, and the zip code is 98604. Here at Simple Faith Calvary Chapel, we have two services on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. So if you're looking for a church home, make plans to join us for fellowship, worship, and a great time in God's Word at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday morning. Thank you so much for joining us today and be sure to set aside another half hour next weekend at the same time as our study in Psalm 23 continues here on Simple Faith with Pastor Bill Henry. Brought to you by Simple Faith Calvary Chapel. Have a wonderful week in the Lord.